and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. In the same way the synchronicities have multiple layers and, and, and a, a kind of, um, uh, of, of a hierarchy, and I, I don't like that word. I don't like having saying miracles have a hierarchy and, and synchronicities have a hierarchy. I don't like that. But the only reason why I use this kind of dualistic, simplistic language, um, it's just because... It, it gives us a um, it gives us some sort of like footing and grounding and ability to to see the the depth of the impact that it has, you know. So when I when I say that miracles have a hierarchy and, and synchronicities have a hierarchy, um, it's not that they necessarily do. So when we're talking about spiritual um, topics and, and mystical topics, everything will always have paradox, right? So from one level of truth. There are, there is um, a hierarchy from one level of truth. There is no hierarchy. Um, so, w- when I when I tell you guys um, about my personal uh, miracle and the reason why I wanted so, uh, you know, the reason why I wanted to 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 speak to it today and 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 really just, um, you know, create. A space that we could all just like acknowledge the miraculous in our life, you know, because we all have things in our lives that we wish that they could change. And it's a big thing in Buddhist psychology. Can you change the environment or can you change your mind? And then in 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 uh, to use the words of, of Marianne Willinson, she says a miracle is is a is a perspective change. So it's actually a change of mind, right? And in my miracle, I had interpreted my past, listen closely, because this was like the groundbreaking, revelatory, liberatory, like completely disorienting miracle for me. I had interpreted my life, my past, through through a specific lens that said, you've been so unkind, so harmful, so dysfunctional, so painful. Um, you have been just a really, uh, uh, just a fuck up. And I had been going through life thinking that this is how I've lived, you know, before my spiritual awakening, right? That I've been like before, this is almost 10 years ago. So I woke up, um, and I woke up spiritually, psychologically, had that moment of awakening, and um, I started to 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 look at my past and every single thing that happened in my past, all the mistakes that I had committed in my past. I always saw them through the worst possible scenario, through the worst possible um, view of myself and the situation, and. The more I, I, I would dive deep into healing, the more I would dive deep into my, my path of, of liberation, the more I would have forgiveness for myself, and the more I would connect psychologically and spiritually to those who were involved in those situations and asking them for forgiveness. So I went through almost 10 years of this process until last week in Brazil, where I was 
so fucking scared of going because I didn't want to go back to a place that I had thought that I had interpreted as a painful place, that I had interpreted as a as a, a, a harmful place, as a place that I never want to go to, that I never want to be at, and those people are not part of my life, and that family is not my family. So after traveling all over the world, I always, you know, almost 20 years, never went back to Brazil. But my grandmother was 90 years old, so I said, you know what? I want to go hang out with my grandmother. And I want to go see my godmother. My grandmother and my godmother. And if that's all I do during those two weeks that I'm there, that's all I do. But I was pleasantly shocked to a disorienting place that I arrived at the airport at midnight my 90-year-old grandmother was picking me up with my uncle and a distant, not a distant cousin. It's a distant cousin. It is, it's actually like a, a, a close cousin, but it says it feels distant because I hadn't seen them in 20 fucking years. They were there. Their, their mother was, was there, my aunt. Another cousin from my, from, these are my dad's side of the family. And then another cousin from my mother's side of the family and another uncle from my mother's side of him. All these people were there to pick me up. Granted, it was my whole family, so they weren't just there for me. But they were all there at midnight picking us up from the airport. I'm like, is this? Is everything okay? Is everyone okay? What the fuck is happening? Like, I forgot the last time that you were greeted at the airport by a bunch of loving smiles like that. I forgot what that's like. You know? Every time I fly into a new city, even if I have, you know, friends there, it's you take an Uber or you, you know, someone picks you up and they're waiting for you outside. No one parks the car, you know, waits for you to get out of the plane in that little, you know, area there. And they are there smiling, waving at you as you're coming down that hallway. So that was already something crazy taking place. That was already like, what the fuck's going on? We arrive at the house that night. And, and, and I created, I started to create the, the causes and conditions for, for space, for relaxation, and for beauty to happen. So I rented, I said, I'm gonna, if I'm going to go, I'm going to be the one to, to do what I can to support this to happen in the best case scenario. So I rented this, this beautiful big house where all two sides of my family could, could coexist. It was a, a, a three houses on this one big property. So to, to the left of the house that I was staying with, my nuclear family was my mom's side of the family, the De Simones. And to the right side of our house, the Ayubes, and no one really knows, here's this last name because I don't use this last name, the Ayub. It's my dad's side of the family. So we all were staying in this house together for a week. I stayed in Brazil all together two weeks. And throughout the entire week, what I experienced was a remembrance, a, a recognition of my truth that I had somehow forgotten, that I had somehow with all these years of 
deep spiritual work, living with spiritual masters, having gurus, going to India, going to Nepal, going to 30-day silent retreats, going to week-long silent retreats. I mean, just doing, if you guys know my history, you know I've been immersed in this fucking work for almost a decade. But during the course of that week, there are days I would, I would meditate for 10 minutes in the morning because people were downstairs already having breakfast. And I would come downstairs to have breakfast and my grandmother was there and my aunt was there and my cousins were there. And all of us in this, in this kitchen and then we'll go outside and we have lunch. And, and the reason why I'm sharing all these details is just for you to understand the kind of, the kind of deep interconnectedness and, and, and that kind of family bond that I forgot that I had. Because we moved to America when I was 16. And then the view that I've had of my past was so colonized, was so indoctrinated by having lived as a queer person, having grown up as a queer person, and more and having more homophobia, you know, self-induced, self-intoxicated, self-hatred, homophobic tendencies towards myself than actually the world outside uh, pressure, putting that on me. Does that make sense? I actually hated myself for being gay so much that then I perceived that the world hated my gayness. And this is not the case for everybody. Right, I did experience, I did experience uh, violence, I did experience trauma, I did experience pain, but the depth of it was, was viewed and perceived because I actually hated my own self so much because I was gay. And then living in America for so many years without the, without the citizen status, it brought so much chaos into my life. It brought so much chaos into my life. And even when I did become a, a, a resident, you know, still there was this kind of like background noise. Oh, you're doing, you're doing something wrong. You don't belong here. This is not your country. These are not your people. So the combination of me hating myself because of my queerness and, and, and living in a country that wasn't my own and trying to make a life in another country, the combination of these two things created a default mindset that I then now saw myself as an innately broken, deficient, bad, undeserving person. And during the entire week in Brazil, we were having lunch with 20, 30 people, breakfast in the same amount of people, dinners, there were friends that would come, so you're looking at 40, 50 fucking people that would come around the house. And it was the most incredible experience to have these people reflect back to me my truth, reflect back to me my, my benevolence, reflect back to me my, my kindness, my patience, my sweetness, that I had somehow forgot, that it got so buried deep down and through all these years of work, I did uncover aspects of it. But I never uncovered the miracle 
that came to fruition. So I, I leave Londrina, which is a small little town that I was at, and then me and my sister go to Rio de Janeiro. And I arrive in Rio, and I ask the community on Instagram if they had prayers for me to pray at the Christ Redeemer, which is this huge Christ statue on top of this iconic hill. The truth is I woke up that morning feeling suicidal. I woke up that morning feeling really dark and just out of sorts. I know I have you on the edge of your seat because it's like, where the fuck is the miracle sign? <laughs> it's coming, honey. It's coming. It's important to have context. So I, I go to the Christ Redeemer. I have it in my phone, 470 plus prayer requests. Me and my sister sit down and pray them. I read some, she reads some. After each prayer, we do the Buddhist thing, which is to say, Omahum, 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 which essentially says, Amen, Amen. And so it is, so it is, like that. So we're just praying all those prayers out loud. And that place is not, it had, the sanctification of that place is, was brought because of me and my sister, uh, it seemed, because it, it just felt like a tourist attraction that people wanted to go and get their selfies and, and, their, their, and, and just get their... Uh, their content, showing the world that they were there. I didn't see anyone praying. And maybe, again, it's my ignorance, my inability to see that people are praying without being, you know, religious or spiritual about it. They were praying silently in their mind. Right? I don't know. Maybe that was the case. Maybe everyone there doing all those poses to imitate the Christ um, were praying. You know, maybe they were praying with their bodies by making those those, those spiritual postures they were praying. Yeah, they were praying in their own way. Um, in any case, we sat in a corner there and we just prayed. And then slowly, slowly, the darkness started to leave my mind. And I was still not feeling well. We come down. We have a few more days in Rio. It's amazing. I'm absolutely in love with my country. I just am absolutely obsessed with Brazil. I'm so grateful. I'm from Brazil. I'm so grateful. The, the, those people... Are um, those are my people, you know? Uh, we, we know the whole world is, is our people, but it's interesting to actually like reconvene as an immigrant with your country that you haven't been in twenty years. Every cab ride that I took, people would actually turn around and say, and say, "May the blessings of God be with you." It's a little different when you say "Deus te abençoe." than to say, God bless you in America. There's nothing, it's just a, it lands differently in my mind because my native tongue is Portuguese, it's Brazilian Portuguese, so it's a little different, right? Just the whole exchange. You know, I was having these kind of like moments of deep love and connection with, with strangers everywhere. And then the night before I leave Rio, I took a shower, and as I'm coming out of the shower, I have this miracle. And the miracle that happened was a radical change of perspective. It was actually recognizing that the way I saw my past was all wrong. Oh my God, like what? The way I interpreted my past was all wrong. 
Does that make sense? The way I saw my past was all wrong. When you stop to reflect on the life that you've lived, that view that you have of yourself can perhaps be completely wrong, can perhaps be your trauma, your pain, your rejection, your humiliation speaking, can perhaps be the view of people around you, people that raised you. And then you think of yourself in that way. And that's what I did. I spent all those years thinking of myself in a very specific, unkind, harmful way. And then it was in that evening in Rio de Janeiro that I woke up to this hallucination that I've been on, to this misguided view that I've seen myself through. And waking up, waking up out of that trance opens so much space in my mind in a way that I never thought possible. I, I messaged my therapist the next day and I said, uh, what is there to worry about now? Please show me <laughs> what is there to worry about now? <laughs> because I feel like I just got so much space opened up in my mind. I feel like the big load of a heavy burden that I've had burdening the background of my mind is no longer there. So I am just in this state of awe of the potential that we have to, to experience miracles. And, and then what I, what I want to also um, say, I just got distracted for a second because um, someone from my team just arrived at the house. Come in, honey. You can come in. I'm upstairs. And back, let me get back on track here. Yeah, so the causes and conditions started ripening and coming together with every exchange, with every loving and kind exchange that I had through my family. God was working through each of those family members, reminding me of who I am, reminding me of the truth of who I am, and helping me to clear this misperception that I've had about myself. And it was through each of their moments of kindness and patience and sweetness and playfulness and remembrance and my ability to be present to all of it that started to decolonize my mind, that started to release the hook from how I saw myself in the world. My miracle was a change of perspective. This miracle radically changed my life. It changed my life so much that I'm actually like, making all these moves, currently leaving Los Angeles, getting rid of everything I thought was in support of my 
liberation, but it was only in support of my accumulation and manifestation, not in support of my saintly path, of my path of devotion to the Cosmic Mother, to the Buddha, to all that's benevolent and good in the world. And the way, the way my miracle came to be, right, it was, it was being present and having the willingness and the courage and the audacity to actually go see all of my family members in Brazil and actually being like mind blown that there weren't the people that I thought they were, that they were actually gentle, sweet, loving, extremely excited and, and so happy to see me. So the truth is that maybe that's not the case for you. The truth is that perhaps that's not possible for you. And because of that, um, this might not be the way that you actually get to see yourself in a new way. And that's okay. So I want to share with you what I've realized as like a miracle equation, right? First, you have to ask for what is it that you want? I want to see this person different. I want to see myself differently. I want this view that I have of the world or myself, and I or I want this specific thing to arise inside of my heart. What you're asking has to have altruistic intent. So here we are talking about the the miracle equation, right? What you're asking for has to have altruistic intent. I want to see myself different so I can be of greater service to the world. Does that make sense? So that's how you do it. I want to see myself different so I can not buy a bigger house. You know, that's not going to work, honey. God is not in the room when you're being a selfish bitch. You know? Like, you want to bring God back into the room? You want the support of the unseen world? You want the support of the unseen um, uh, beings and the celestial beings? Be altruistic. Be selfless. So ask, I want this to happen. I would like for this to happen. So I can be of greatest service to the world. I want to see myself new. So I can be kinder to people. So I can be more patient to people. So I can be more loving to, to others. And then from this place, this is one side of the equation. And then the other side of the equation, every single day. So this is kind of like the, the putting the seed on the ground, right? This, this part right here, ask, of, like ask and affirm which is like, I, I, I want this to happen so therefore I can be of greatest service to the world. That's you actually like going to a, to a, to a, a gardening store and buying a seed and putting that seed on the ground, right? And you actually put the seed on the ground. So now, what's the water? What's the sunlight? And what's the daily maintenance look like, Right? So the daily maintenance and the water and the sunlight to grow and the fertilizer to continuously grow this is presence. So being present to everything that's arising in your body. Awareness of what's happening in your body. 
Okay, I feel triggered. Because what we're saying here, it's twofold, right? So you have on one side, you put the seed on the ground. On the other side, it's like, how do you actually take care of that seed? How do you actually cultivate the miracle? Now it's a day-to-day -day practice. Now you're infusing your life with the maintenance that will support the growth of that miracle. That will support the, 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 the natural organic arising process of that miracle so what you're doing is is cultivating presence noticing what it feels like to be present when there's silence and when the silence speaks to you and when you can actually cultivate silence in a very busy day, when you can actually cultivate silence in a very noisy mind, presence doesn't mean that your mind is silent. Experiencing silence doesn't mean that your mind is not chaotic and loud and noisy. Cultivating silence means that there is an openness cultivating silence, cultivating presence, that means that there is a spacious awareness around it. There is impermanence and the recognition of the transient nature of all things. So to water the seed of the miracle is to cultivate presence throughout the day, multiple times a day, at every single moment. Anytime you're doing anything, you're always aware of what's happening in your body. How's the body? Feelings arise first, and then feelings populate the mind, and then the mind kickstarts more feelings, and then feelings kickstart more thoughts, and then next thing you know, you feel, think, you react, feel, think, react, feel, think, react, feel, think, react. Well, we need to, to pull back is to be with the feelings and not entertain the stories. Be with the feelings, don't entertain the stories. Be with the feelings, do not entertain the stories. So when I say presence to what's happening in the body, why am I, why am I speaking about this when we're talking about miracle side? You're talking about mindfulness and, and, and presence, and that has nothing to do with miracles. Here's why. Because unless you do this work, this foundational fertilizing work in the garden of your mind, you're going to continue to create more causes and conditions for harm and dysfunction to happen in your life. Every time an unpleasant feeling arises in your mind, unpleasant thoughts, every time an unpleasant feeling shows up in your body, unpleasant thoughts populate the mind and then unkind words walk out of your mind and harmful actions are done with the body. I need that momentum to stop because every time that momentum takes place and you engage with and you operate under it, you're adding more fire to the karmic momentum of, of, of your of destructive consequences to take place in your life. We don't want that. When that's happening, you're going to the other side of your garden and you're watering the seeds of suffering. You're watering the seeds of despair. You're watering the seeds of depression, of anxiety, of addiction. So every time you experience presence, okay, I'm aware that I feel like shit. Make a choice. 
Is this choice in alliance with with the cosmic mother? Is this choice in alliance with the Buddha? Is this choice in alliance with all that's benevolent and beneficial to all beings? Or is this choice in alliance with quick fixes, hedonistic pleasures, selfish tendencies? And then make choices that are in alignment with the cosmic well-being of all people. And then that choice... Maybe take a breath when I feel, um, when I feel a, 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 an unpleasant feeling. Go for a run, dance, meditate, pray, clean your fucking house, do your fucking laundry, go clean your fucking car, garden. You may just be doing things around your own space so you can recalibrate your nervous system. But these choices have an impact in the collective. Every time you make a, an, a, a positive choice, a choice that's not rooted and, and, and merged and in partnership with harm, we all experience relaxation. We all experience relaxation because we're deeply interdependent. Does that make sense? So in the next stage of it is service. Then actually go be of service then actually get out of your own house after you've done the laundry and clean your bathroom and your car and you took in a breath and you've meditated and you prayed. Actually, after you've done one of these things or a couple of these things or, or all of the things, then actually go out there and go be of service. Go to your local um, um, a food bank and volunteer there on a Saturday morning. And do that regularly. Make that a weekly commitment. So the the first stage to the miracle um, um, to the miracle equation. Ask. I want this. I want to see myself different, so I can be of greater impact into, to the world. So I can better serve sentient beings. First step. That means you actually walked your gorgeous, beautiful self to the gardening miracle store, and you bought yourself the miracle seed, and you put it on the ground. Then the next part: presence, choice, service. Presence means mindfulness of what's happening in your body at every fucking moment. I'm triggered. Okay, there's no reason to entertain. Why am I triggered? Why this? Why that? No. How do I find my center? That is presence. And that already goes into the second stage, choice. How do I find my center? Choice. I'm making a choice that will keep me going up the mountain. I recognize that me making a choice like this right now, it's actually me choosing to hike uh, Kilimanjaro in, in winter or hike Everest in winter. Nearly impossible, but you do it anyways. And then... You continue to create choices that will align, that will, that will support this expansion. And then you, you, you become of service. This is what I've realized that I've done with my life the last 10 years. This is what I've realized that I've done with my life the last 10 years. In the most simple terms. Like this is how I've, I've, I've got, I've, I was granted one of the biggest miracles of my life last week. This was the download from my inner Buddha that I received. This is how. 
this is how. Like that. Okay, enough for today. I love you so much. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you.